Hi, this is Ann Robertson, the Executive Director of the Massachusetts Bible Society. Back after a couple of weeks of vacation, thank you for your patience as I haven't had an issue out in a couple of weeks. Uh, today the passage comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 21. Give therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. You can probably guess from my choice of texts what I've been doing this weekend. This statement that I just read, of course, is the one time in the Gospels that Jesus deals directly with federal income taxes. He deals with religious taxes a little bit earlier in Matthew 17, verses 24 to 27, where he explains to Peter that he's technically exempt from the temple tax, but he pays it anyway, courtesy of an obliging fish, so as not to cause offense. But when it comes to the government, Jesus is not nearly so clear. He was wise to be ambiguous. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this story, and all three accounts describe the scene as an attempt by the Pharisees to trap Jesus so that he could be labeled an enemy of the government and arrested. The Pharisees and Herodians, who were a public political party, come to Jesus with the question on the lips of many this time of year, Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? In Jesus' day, that was an especially loaded question, since the Jews were bent under the weight of corrupt tax collectors and a foreign nation extorting tribute. Both religious leaders and political leaders bring the question with the Pharisees and the Herodians, which also complicates the meaning of the word lawful in their question. Are they asking whether it's lawful under the law of Moses or under the law of Rome? Is it a religious test, or a political test, or both? As with other traps set for him, Jesus gives an ingenious answer that sends the questioners away scratching their heads. He has them look at a coin, and note that Caesar's head and seal are on the coin, and then gives both the religious and the political answer. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. Which, of course, clarifies nothing, especially to bureaucrats, both political and religious, who spend their days in the minutiae of very specific laws and loopholes. The surface meaning is clear, but how does one go about determining what belongs to whom, exactly? In Jesus' presentation, it's implied that Caesar gets the coin because his image is printed on it. But the image of Caesar was on all the coins. Does all the money belong to Caesar, giving the emperor a right to impose a 100% tax? Does Caesar not own anything that doesn't have his image on it, even if he bought it, built it, or conquered it? And how do you go about determining what God owns? Using the image example, God owns all human beings, as Genesis says that we're made in God's image. That would ironically mean that God owns Caesar himself. And what about the cattle on a thousand hills that Psalm 50 claims for the Lord, along with all the beasts of the field and my beast in the other room that's barking as I speak? Psalm 24 claims the entire earth and all that is in it belong to God, including, presumably, Caesar's flocks and herds, lands, wives, and children. It's not really clear that Caesar benefits from accepting Jesus' attitude toward taxation. We live today with the same paradoxes. We come with the same question, wondering whether our tax dollars are being used wisely or well, 
And we still have the same conflict between the laws of the land that will put us in jail if we don't pay what we're told to pay, and the law of our faith that forbids us to lie, steal, kill, covet, or dishonor our parents, either directly with our own actions or indirectly with the support of our dollars. What is Caesar's, and what is God's? For the record, I paid my taxes. I even increased my state tax voluntarily to support a cause in which I believe, an option given to Massachusetts taxpayers. But also for the record, I don't believe that a single dime of what I paid belongs to any of the Caesars who will receive my dollars. I think it's God's money, just like it's God's earth. And I don't happen to think that our modern-day Caesars are acting as stewards of God's resources. Maybe that's why in both Mark and Luke's account, this story is preceded by the parable of the tenants in the vineyard, where those who abuse their role of stewards meet God's wrath for their mismanagement. If the Pharisees and Herodians had arrived just a couple of minutes earlier, they might have better understood Jesus' answer. Will you pray with me? Make us wise, God, as we seek to be good stewards of your wealth. Amen. Our New Massachusetts Bible Society website is now live. Uh, you can visit us at www.massbible.org. It's a graphics homepage, and so just move your mouse around and click on any one of the buildings to get into the site, and you'll be off and running. Hope to see you online. Mm-hmm.